In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, perspective on one of the worst starts to a year ever for the stock market. How keeping your emotions in check can save you from making a big mistake. Plus, spring cleaning your finances. How to spruce up your financial future. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. and Welcome to the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Candace Stanley with us today. And we've got a big, and I would say jam-packed show on the Get Ready for the Future show. A little bit later on, we're going to be talking about spring cleaning your finances. It is springtime. A lot of times that's spring cleaning for your home and getting rid of the clutter and straightening things up and being more organized. What better time uh, to really think about your finances and doing the same things with your finances? So what does that mean? We'll get to that later in the show, but we're going to stay on top of current events here. We want to be very aware of what's going on around us all the time on the Get Ready for the Future show. And obviously, the markets continue, John, to be in great turmoil. We mentioned in the open there, one of the worst starts ever uh, to a market to start to a year in 2022. That was through April. Things have not gotten any better in May. And certainly people are worried because they're seeing those account balances go down every time they get a new monthly statement or whether they check it online. But as always, we are here to provide straight talk. And I think the first word that comes to mind when you think about those balances going down and you are you tend to be fearful, and I'm going to be quite honest too, I look at my own numbers, mm-hmm. right, and my own accounts, and I'm tempted to go, wow, I, I would rather be where I was at my high in January. Sure. Everybody would, but perspective, that's the word that comes to mind for me. And that's what we're really going to jump off into, giving you some perspective on where we are right now in the economy and really in your personal economy. Yeah, and let's be sure that we're all on the same page in what we're talking about here. You know, most people's perspective is what they hear Mm. on a day-to-day basis. You know, Mm. clients, when they come in to see us, Candace, they are reacting sometimes to what they just heard on the radio before they came in Mm -hmm. or what they maybe have seen on their statement last month. Yes, all they're hearing in the news and and on TV is negative, 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 negative then they're going to have some feelings about that and usually we'll get a phone call. Yeah, and so what we want to do is to sort of broaden out that perspective. And you know how I am, Scott, about analogies. And so I want to make the analogy uh, that I've used on this show before of looking through the knothole. If you walk up to a board fence... You've got one of those at your house, right? And you got a little knot hole there that you could probably see over in your neighbor's yard, or at least you would see this much of Mm -hmm. a perspective. And and you're going to get a very narrow view by looking at that knot hole. But if you got a ladder and went up on that ladder, you could see the whole yard. You could see everything. And so what we want to do today is give you some perspective on where we are. So, yes, the markets are down, depending on which index you look at and that type of thing. We're down anywhere from 10 to 20% uh, since the first of the year. It has been ugly, not just ugly, but ugly. Right. And, and so obviously that's uh, you know what's on everybody's mind. But I want to take you back a little bit, and I want to go back to March of 2021. If you look at the S&P 500 as a proxy for the market, you know where we are relative to where we are 
uh, where we were in March of 2021. About the same spot. Exactly the same spot. That was as of Monday. I yep. did this research on Monday. And we're at exactly the same spot that we were March of 2021. So what does that mean? That means you've had a zero rate of return if you were invested in the S&P 500 from March of 21 to March of 22. Feel differently about your your big losses in the market? Sure, you got a little different perspective. Okay, things are not quite that bad. Let me give you some more perspective. Let's go back to March of 2020. Everybody remember March of 2020? Candace, where were you March of 2020? I was at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 working from home. Yeah, all working from home and all thought the world was coming to an end, yep, yep. right? We all thought that the markets had plunged dramatically. Uh, bond market, stock market, all went to the proverbial hot place, right? They, they, they were gone. And we thought, oh man, this is bad. You know where we are relative to March of 2020? We're up pretty significantly. Well, you know, you're, we're basically up about 60%. Uh, yeah. That's a rough number, but that's where we roughly are. Up 60% from just two years ago. So, again, perspective is one of those things that is incredibly necessary to keep in mind. The other thing that you've got to keep in mind is these things happen. As a matter of fact, it's a fairly regular uh, occurrence almost every year that sometime during a year from point A to point B, from one 12-month period to the other, markets are going to lose money and they're going to be down as much as on average about 14%. Now, why is that happening? Do you know? Why is it happening year to year? Yeah. Or why is that the average? Yeah. yeah. Why, do, why, do, why do markets go down? You, you need to write a list, a long list. That's right. Right. Because stuff happens, yes, right? right. It, it, just, it just happens. Yep. We don't have, there are a lot of reasons, and you can name a lot of reasons. Now, what I also hear in this day and time is, oh, well, yeah, but this time is different. Mm. Do you remember hearing this time it was different in 2020? Yeah. 2008. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Do you remember hearing it was different at other particular points in time? Oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, there's all those other. 9-11 comes to mind. Yeah. yeah, but this this is a game changer. This is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's never different. It always feels different, mm-hmm. but it's never different. Markets do what markets do. And if you believe in the American economy and if you believe in your plan, you're going to be just fine. Uh, and, and that's where I want to go with this, guys, because I think the, the critical answer to all of this is not looking at your account balance, but it's looking at your cash balance. Hmm. Think about that for just a second. If you look at your account balance, it scares you to death because it's down from where it was mm-hmm. in January or December or whenever the high was. But if you look at your cash balance, that's really where you're living out of, especially if you're a retiree. And you know what? If you've got enough cash to sustain you for, let's say, six months, year, year and a half, you're going to be just fine because within a year and a half, things change. Think about, you know, if you'd have thought, uh, you know, in, in March of 2020, if you thought, man, I don't know if things are ever going to be different two years down the road, you probably would have done something different, but two years down the road, you're up 60%. Mm-hmm. So that cash balance really does sustain you and keep you from having to sell something at a bad time. Yeah, and that's why we structure our plans that way. Very often in our very um, first, what we call segments or buckets, we will keep a year, in some cases, two years of cash, just in case we have a downturn in the market like we're seeing now. Yeah, because that's the point. You know, you talk about account balances. That is only a number 
on a piece of paper or on the computer, wherever you're looking at your account. It's always good to keep in mind the concept of unrealized losses, John, right? The, yes. the number is only a number until mm-hmm. you sell something. So that's why, to you and Candace's point, is important if you're in retirement to have some powder-dry income sitting on the sidelines in cash for a significant amount of time, like a year or two. But it is also important not to sell when those numbers are lower. That's right. Because you change something from an unrealized loss, or as Scott, you put it, on paper, to a realized loss. That's when it gets real. That is that is when you actually do have a loss, when you have to sell an equity position or a you know a mutual fund or whatever the case may be that was up here and now it's here. That change in value is simply a change in value. It's a snapshot in time. It is like taking a frame out of a motion picture and say, oh, well, that's the whole motion picture. It, yep. it, it can't be the whole motion picture because there's a whole lot of other frames that go together to make the movie. So when you take a look at, at what the markets do, you just know that, that the markets are going to do what they're going to do. And this is very typical of a transitional market. Yep. You know, we've heard Ryan Dietrich, Scott, talk about midterm uh, market Cycle, uh, mid-cycle. cycles mm-hmm. and, and midterm election things. Yep. And all of that is, is playing into this. Yes, we are having inflation. And it's the first time we've had inflation in quite some time that was very significant. But hey, I've been around long enough to remember the 70s and when we had gigantic inflation. And you know what? We did okay. And we're still going to do okay. I think that the key that I want to focus on is that I want to encourage our listeners and our clients to focus on the things that you can control mm-hmm. and let go of the things that you can't. Let me give you a little more information as far as just how uh, this is not all that unheard of. You know, John mentioned the uh, average pullback. So since 1980, the average max pullback, and that means where the S&P 500 is off its high in all those years is 14%, as John said. And that's about where we are this year, by the way, uh, for on the S&P 500. But if you look since 1980, in 32 of those years, the S&P has finished with positive returns for the 12-month calendar year. Yeah. So in oftentimes, even though that pullback is pretty severe, the returns for the 12-month calendar year end up being positive. And there is certainly some reason to think that that'll happen this year. Also, we are in the second quarter of the second year of the first of the presidential term, right? Of President Biden's first term in office. We're in the second quarter of the second year. And the S&P 500 is down on average 2.1% in all second quarters of second second years of presidential terms. Now, that's getting to, down there. That's had, drilling down. You had to dig down deep yes. find that, didn't you? Yeah, Janet actually found this one for me. We put it on the fastest four last week, so in case you missed it. But that's the worst quarter on record. Well, the quarter we're in right now, historically for the market, is the worst quarter on record. But if you look at the fourth quarter of year two and then the first quarter of year three, those are historically the best on record. So the idea, you know, reinforcing that if you lock in your losses now, if you got out of the market, there's a good reason to believe we're going to get a kick towards the back end of the year. Now, I think the reverse is true too, right? Because you might be sitting there going, well, but if you saw this coming in January and you got out, you protected the losses that have happened. But there's also lots of data out there. We've talked about this on this show too before, guys. If you are on the sidelines, on even one of the best one or the best five days of the market over a 20-year time frame. That's a long time. Yep. It can make a huge impact, a devastating impact 
on your overall return. So do you really want to play that game? Yeah, I got out at the top, but how do you know when you're going to yeah, get back right. in? I was about to say, you don't know when right. that's coming. Yeah. You know, yes, we're financial advisors, but no, we can't control the market. We yeah. don't know when those highest highs are going to be or those lowest lows either. Right. And, and your point is, when do you get back in? You got to be right twice. Yeah. Yes. You got to yeah. be right on the, on the beginning and you got to be right on the end. And obviously the losses are what get a ton of attention, but I think that we are going to be remiss if we don't talk about the gains. And yes, there's been historical gains in the market, and we've done really well over the last few years and that type of thing. But even today, there are gains in portfolios in certain asset classes, Candace, that we invest in, particularly real estate, Mm -hmm. that as you think about gains, if you focus on that and maybe it might be time to consider maybe taking some of those gains and capturing some of those gains to add more cash. Yeah, because right now equities and bonds are kind of struggling, right? So we're seeing it on both ends, but real estate has been holding up very well. And so we've actually started harvesting gains from some of those portfolios, putting that in cash. And so now we've got that cash cushion. Scott, I'll just wrap it up on this part of the show to say that we know sell-offs are painful, And we don't mean to be dismissive of that at all. Certainly, it's your money. It's your life. And when you open up a statement and it slaps you in the face, so to speak, and and you you it's really easy to forget about your plan. What I will tell you is this. Our clients have done incredibly well through this. We, we just don't get a lot of phone calls about things because they've been coached ahead of time. But if you're concerned, just go back to your plan because that's why we built the plan in the first place. We knew stuff like this was going to happen. We didn't know when. We didn't know when it was going to look like, what it was going to look like, but we knew it was going to happen. And that's why your plan is highly diversified, that you have some assets that are not in the market as far as the stock market is concerned, and you got plenty of cash to float your income over yeah. that period of time. And I would point out, too, our clients, many of them are in a situation, too, where they have guaranteed income sources above right. and beyond mm-hmm. Social Security and pensions. They've utilized some of their assets to create a guaranteed income stream through an annuity, and that check is going to be the same regardless of what happens in the market. And as a matter of fact, your annuity check's not going to change. Your uh, Social Security check, I just saw before we came on the air, Scott, that the expected Social Security inflation increase is about 8.9% this year. Wow. wow. And so that that's going to be a tremendous boost to our retirees. Not a negative, but a boost. And that actually does allow you to maybe take less out of a market-based investment because it is down. And I was just going to say, you know, we, we've traveled this road many yeah. times before. We know essentially where the potholes are. And we've planned around those with your plan to help you weather the storm. So the bottom line, there's a lot in there, obviously, and and we're going to move on to the spring cleaning your finances portion of the Get Ready for the Future show. But I do want to take just a minute to encourage you, if you'd like to find out a little bit more, if you need a little bit more handholding through all of this turmoil, we did a a fastest four extra, which is longer than the usual four minutes, with Ryan Dietrich, who is on our show on the Get Ready for the Future show very often. He is the chief market strategist for LPL Financial. And he has him, him, he and his team had have produced a collection of six charts to keep focused on the long term. And that's another part. That's where you get the perspective. You know, I use the word perspective yes. at the beginning of this show, but really that's how you get it. You pull back from that knot hole that John talked about and you widen the view and stay focused on the long term. You should never be invested in equities unless you're prepared to be in it for a long time horizon. So six charts 
focusing on the long term from LPL. We talk it over with Ryan. We show you those charts. You can find that by texting the word FAST to 501-381-5228. Just write that number down, 501-381-5228. Text the word FAST, and that is for you to begin receiving in your email inbox the fastest four minutes in finance. We do it every week. Normally, it's around four minutes long. This one is an extended version you can find, and it won't be on uh, radio this week, so it's a great opportunity for you to check that out and get subscribed to it and get some more perspective on uh, keeping a long-term time horizon in mind when markets are in turmoil. All right, so spring cleaning your finances. It is springtime, and the clutter can get to you. I think there are definitions of clean that need to be varied. You know, I mean, I am not a clean freak by any means. There are certain things about my house that are probably never going to be that great. Clean freaks over you here. You are a clean freak. I am a clean freak. That doesn't surprise uh, me, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. think you're, you're very, you know, put together. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just sheveled over here. I don't <laughs> shave half the time, you know. But yeah. you are a clean freak. My, yeah, my office is the one that has no papers left out, no files. Everything is put in its place. Same thing at home. I love to spring clean, but I don't even call it spring cleaning. I mean, I do it several times a year uh, where we're purging things from closets and cabinets, and I have a constant donation now, pile going. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You, there's one thing to be organized and want to do that, yeah. but you said you love it. You I enjoy do. doing I know, it? Yeah. You enjoy doing yeah, it? Yeah. On a Saturday, I get in the zone, and I love getting rid let, of clutter. Let, let me give you a little behind the scenes here at Gen Wealth. <laughs> I can walk into the office before Candace gets there and I can leave and I can come back after hours and walk into her office again and I have no idea whether she's been there or not. <laughs> well, now that could be another issue. No, or or I'll go into John's office and start going through his desk. And, That's right. And yeah. hey, can I get rid of this for you? Can I do this? I need you to come by my office yeah. every once in a while. She, then. she freaks when she comes into my office because she just wants I'm to like, throw things away, you know? So it's not spring cleaning for Candace. It's just all That's just season Candace. cleaning. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. is. It's all year round. Well, a lot of times people, I guess, you know, they don't really get, especially when you think about like garages and outdoor spaces, you don't get out there in the wintertime and do it uh, because of the weather. So I guess that's where it comes, the spring cleaning yeah. phrase comes from is yeah. you're going to spruce things up when the weather is better and when things start growing. You know, 49% of Americans, though, say that aside from the home, their finances could use some spring cleaning. That's from the Times Union. So spring is a good time. Any time is a good time to spruce up your finances. But if it's sprucing up for a better financial future, that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of our time here. What can you do? What is What needs to be on your money-do list instead of your honey-do list? I would say that the first thing, especially if you are approaching retirement or in retirement, the first thing that you really need to do is you need to clean up your budget. Mm -hmm. I think that that having a picture of what your income needs to look like and you want it to look like is very critical before you step into that retirement equation. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we'll ask our clients to bring, especially on our first appointment with them, is what does your budget look like? And people look, oh, I don't like budgets. Are y'all going to make me do a budget? No, not really. But we need to see what you're spending and what your income is, right? We need to know and we can kind of plan from there. Yeah, I think it has to be a, a clear picture of of what in general your income needs to be. Mm-hmm. We don't need to know how much you spend on groceries or electric right. bill individually, but in general, we need to know what your required income is. And that's not a term that you hear all the time. Required income is a term that we basically, you know, tagged on to the planning process here at GenWealth 
because it, it is your essentials. It's food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance, all of those things that you got to pay every month. That's your required income amount. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that required income amount, then you've got to figure out how to get there. And we go into that in our planning process with folks. So there's the required income. And then above and beyond that is the desired income. And Scott, I think that if anybody wants to really get off to a great start in retirement and be comfortable in retirement, they've got to be comfortable with those numbers. Yeah, think about how cluttered most people's retirement picture is. They have some investments over here. They have some investments over there. Most of the time, the majority of their wealth is in their employer-sponsored plan. And they come in to us for a first appointment. And what's the main question they ask? Do I have enough to retire? Because nobody knows that answer. It's hard to analyze. You know, there's not a magic number. And I think most people are gathering that, but they do have kind of targets in their mind. A lot of times people want to hit a million or they want to hit Mm -hmm. 500,000. They think that's where they need to be. But how do you know unless you start with income? And that's John's point there. The outcome is income. So your total investments, your net worth for that matter, is really just a number. It doesn't mean anything until you start drilling down into the income and planning. Yeah, everybody's magic number is is going to be different, right? Because it depends on what are your needs? What is it that you need to spend every month to make your household run, to make sure Mm -hmm. everything is covered? So not everybody's number is going to be the same. You you make a great point there. And we have people regularly come and go, is a million dollars enough? I'm I'm working on a million dollars. It really depends on what you need Mm -hmm. because you can outstrip a million dollars in terms of income because a million dollars will only produce so much income that is sustainable. And I think that's the other thing that, that people people don't really think about. They think, well, I've got a million dollars. I'll never spend a million dollars in retirement. Well, you might, and you might spend it before you die. Yeah. And then what? Right. Uh, you know, you run out of money before you run out of time. And that's not a good equation. So the first spring cleaning that I would do if I were headed toward retirement is I'd have a really crystal clear picture on what that retirement income needs to be and what you want it to be, and then compare that to the assets that you have and see if you're there. Now, let's connect the dots just for a minute before we move on to the next uh, bullet point for spring cleaning your finances, because we've talked about the income on one end starting there, but then you do eventually get to the asset level, right? You do have to match them in an investment strategy that works. And so we talked a little bit when we were talking about market turmoil, about how our clients Many of them have a guaranteed income stream. That's the income floor, right? We want to analyze. That's why we're talking about a term we're using required income. What is the amount of money it takes just to have a basic level of lifestyle that you're comfortable with in retirement? It allows you to pay the bills. It allows you to go out to eat a few times a, a month or a week. Or You get to set that number, and whatever that number is for your basic lifestyle, we, we want to guarantee that, right? You don't want the market to determine how much you get on a monthly basis just for your basic lifestyle, Candace? Right, because if the market's down, are you wanting to take home less income? Right. The answer is always going to be no. Hey, look, I I can only imagine those folks that are out there dependent upon a 4% rule, systematic withdrawal plan in this kind of market. I can't think of anything much more mentally torturous than someone who basically only has Social Security as their their guaranteed income stream. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking at your portfolio and you're sitting there scratching your head going, oh, wow, 
I really need some more income because inflation is going up. But look, what's the, the market's tanking. Can I possibly do that? You've got to have a way of sustaining that base level of income throughout your retirement so you don't have to go through that process. Now, there are clients who have many sources of guaranteed retirement income, a couple of pensions and a couple of Social Security checks. In that case, they maybe likely don't need the guaranteed income stream produced from a portion of their assets. But in any event, once that is taken care of, then you're moving on to discretionary income because that's just a basic lifestyle we want to guarantee. The fun part of retirement, as John alluded to, is the desired income. And you get to decide how much on a monthly basis you want for that. And that's where the bucketing approach comes into play, guys, because when you talk about the market being volatile, and we mentioned this in our discussion earlier about where we are right now, is you have to plan for times like this. And the way you do that is you take the risk off the money you're spending today and move it down the road. Clearly, you've got to be in a situation where you look at at your array of buckets, if you will, and go, okay, well, my long-term bucket is down, so I don't need to take anything from that. And even today, the the bond portfolios are down a little bit. They're down 4 or 5% because the interest rates have spiked. But right sitting in the middle is a alternative investment or real estate type component. Maybe we take some income from that if there is a need. But the whole key to the equation is having that pool of cash, that cash balance. That is your safety net. That's your sustainability. That's your food at the grocery store for the next few weeks or what have you, if you think about it that way. That is the beauty of how the income for life model is structured here at GenWealth and the ready to retire process that we basically apply around that sustains both the the required income and the desired income while markets are doing whatever they may be doing. We just saw uh, the inflation data right before we came on the show today for April, and it is down all the way down to 8.3% year over year, which is down a little bit, two-tenths of a percent from where it was in March at 8.5. The market's got a little rattled because uh, it was expected to be down a little bit more than that. But we are starting to come down off of the mountain when it comes to inflation. But you do have to plan for inflation in your retirement income planning. So when you're talking about sprucing up sprucing up your retirement budget, getting a better look at what your required and desired income needs are, know that wherever you start is not where you need to finish. You need more income as you continue through your retirement. Yeah, absolutely. And the only thing that's really going to keep up with inflation is equity. So we still need to have that component in our long-term buckets in our plan because that's what's going to sustain it over the long term. Equities and real estate have been the the two asset Mm -hmm. classes that have outperformed inflation consistently throughout time. Now you go, well, they're not outperforming inflation now. They're going, (laughs) well, the real estate is up, but the equities are down. But again, you have to to get your eye off that knothole, get that perspective that you need to look at at your uh, portfolio and understand that we're not just living for today. We're living for the long term. And if you're living for the long term, then you need something that's going to appreciate over the long term. And equities have done that. And you can't guys just think about the fun stuff when you're assessing your budget in retirement you can't forget about health care you know medicare is not going to cover everything you need and according so medicare of course is the u.s government's national health insurance program for americans 65 and over that uh program imposed a 14.5 percent increase in premiums for part b just in 2022 that's a record high and then 
healthcare costs are growing. We know that in the past, when inflation overall inflation was not as high, it was growing higher or faster than the uh, overall inflation rate. Senior inflation expenses tend to be higher than overall inflation. Yeah. So you have to have a plan for health care expenses in retirement, too. Scott, I would also uh, talk about this, you know, in this high inflation environment that we're in right now. If you want to give yourself a pay raise, pay off some debt. Yeah. You know, if you've yeah. got the ability to, to, to pay off debt without killing yourself from taxes by taking it out of a taxable account, if you have non-taxable money over here or after-tax money over here somewhere in a savings account or an investment account or whatever, think about eliminating that debt. If you think about, okay, well, I've been paying $500 a month on a car and I owe $10,000 on this car, taking that $10,000 out of savings and paying off that car just gave you a $500 a month raise if that is in the equation. But Candace, we see a lot of retirees that are very sensitive uh, to debt, and they they do kind of clean up their their spring clean. They do some spring cleaning before they get to retirement mm-hmm. by paying off debt ahead of time. Yeah, they uh, a lot of times will want the goal to be to pay off your mortgage by the time that you get to retirement. That way, you freed up that cash flow as well. That puts less of a strain on your portfolio. It yeah. does. It, it clearly does. And and if you can get there before retirement, we would advocate doing that. And if you can get there incrementally after retirement, yep. we would advocate doing mm-hmm. that. And I think yeah. that's an important point. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was just going to say, John, is a lot of people, when they do retire, they want all of that debt wiped out. And if they have a substantial amount of it, you got to be careful about how you do that. It mm-hmm. may not be in one big swoop, because if you withdraw money from a qualified plan, mm-hmm. that money is going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rate. So if you take out too much, you might leap a tax bracket and you don't want to pay more in taxes than you would have if you spread that out over two or maybe three years to wipe out that debt. So again, working with an advisor and creating that financial plan helps helps you figure that out, and that really will can, can potentially save you significant dollars on taxes. So the debt thing is big because it also can lower your overall retirement income needs uh, all the way through retirement. Scott, I, let me... Uh to kind of riff on this for just a second, and let's talk about a potentially an opportunity for some folks. Now, we try to be sure that we look at everything in a client's financial plan, uh, and most of the time we don't have an issue with this. But if you haven't worked with an advisor before, one of the things that may be out there that maybe you've forgotten about is an orphan 401k plan. And maybe you've got everything that you need as far as your retirement income is concerned, but there's this little 401k plan out there that maybe only has, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 in it. That could be a great source for uh, a, a cushion in retirement. It could be a great source to pay off debt if you if it's not going to affect your overall retirement income. If you've got that element out there, and Candace, we see that quite often as people come to us, mm-hmm. they come in and they go, and I got this thing over here. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember where it was, but there's some money there, and I get a statement every once in a while. But I've moved three times, and they can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, with it, you know? and and I look at that almost like a messy room. You know, there's yep. stuff everywhere, yeah. and you don't know what you've got or where it is. And so there may be three or four old plans that you have out there. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things to do is to clean that up, maybe consolidate, makes things a lot simpler. Yeah, that, have it all in one place. Yeah. yeah. That's when we have to administer the oxygen to Candace when clients come in with stuff like that because it's messy and she hyperventilates. I got to clean it up. So, I got to yeah, clean it up. There you go. There's the orphan 401k plan. There's also the uh, 59 and a half in-service opportunity, too, that we should probably mm-hmm. talk about briefly as well. When you reach 59 and a half, a lot of people aren't aware of this still. I think some people come in and are unaware of it. When mm-hmm. you're 59 and a half, 
most plans I have run across, and I'm sure you guys have too, occasionally there's a plan or two that doesn't allow for it, but most 401ks or 403bs, employer-sponsored plans, when you attain the age of 59 and a half, and even though you're still working at that employment, you have the opportunity to roll those funds out of your 401k and into an IRA. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, the possibility of consolidation is part of that, but also the planning process for distribution. The reason I think that rule is there, John, is because 401k providers know that those are growth vehicles. 401ks are really good at accumulating wealth. They're not really very good at distributing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and clearly you've got to be in a situation where you are ready for retirement. Now, you know, this downturn is one of those things that, that you know, could preclude people from, from going, oh, well, I'm comfortable pulling the trigger. Again, you don't know until you run the numbers. You don't really know until you take a look at what the income in your retirement could look like. I hear people, you know, resurrecting the old joke of, oh, my 401k has turned into a 201k. Well, that never was the case <laughs> yeah. at all. Uh, yes, there were losses in 2008 when all that came about. But within a couple of years, it was back where where it was before. A lot of times we get lost in, in all the noise that's out there that's generated these days, especially from these little things that, that that basically tell you every little blip that goes on in the world, uh, you get kind of almost this this noise tunnel that you get into. And and frankly, it's kind of like the fog of war. You just kind of get lost in all of it. And you and and humans just tend to hunker down when that happens. That's not the right way to do it. You need to lean into this and say, OK, what do I have and how can I retire? Not I need to pull back and not retire. Let me give you another one, too while we're on the subject of employer plans like 401ks, oftentimes a lot of people will be hesitant to come and visit a financial advisor and build a financial plan because they think they don't have a lot of investable assets that they can move because most of their wealth, as we said a moment ago, tends to be in their 401k. And you're not 59 and a half, maybe. We're working with a couple now, 50 years old, 43 years old, a million dollar liquid net worth at 50 years old, but 889,000 of it is in his 401k, Mm -hmm. right? We're not moving that. It's not coming out at 50 years old. He still works for his employer. That doesn't mean that he can't build a retirement plan. And it doesn't mean that we can't look at those 401k allocations and offer advice on what to do with those. What, you think that you can't uh, apply financial advice just because you can't move the money? That's that's right. ridiculous. Uh, you, you've got to, whether the money is in your 401k or here at GenWealth or anywhere else, Financial advice is financial advice, and you need to be able to use your 401k in a very appropriate way. And we saw people, especially in 2008, Candace, we saw people that went to cash at the bottom of the market in 2008 and may still be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that fear was real, wasn't it? And so they stayed in cash and didn't get back in, and then they missed out on a lot of upside. Now they would probably be feeling a little pain right now, but still, we're still up from 2008. Yeah. What? How many hundred percents? Oh, you know? yeah. Huge, huge amount. And and. You know, if you go back and look at that, people will go, "Oh well, I shouldn't have done that." Well, hindsight's twenty twenty, but but you know, there's a lot of foresight that can be had through sitting down with an advisor and creating a plan mm-hmm. to understand where you're going and not be a victim of whatever might be going on, but be in control of your financial future. One other note before we wrap things up on an uh, opportunity for sprucing up your financial future. You know, you think about spring cleaning. I think about 
uh, drawers and shelves that I've got at my house that I haven't even opened or looked at in years right I'll, fig- I'll figure I, out my fee for you i don't yeah could you come over and handle that because i don't even know what's in there because i haven't even looked in it you know so much of your finances can be put on autopilot and you haven't even checked up on it we, you could apply that analogy to just about anything we've been talking about today but what about contributions when's the last time you know how often do you sit in a client appointment guys and how much are you contributing to your 401k is the question you ask and i don't i don't i don't know you know because i, I set that 15 years ago or Mm -hmm. five years ago or even last year, you don't even really keep up with it. Taking a look at, especially if you're walking up close to retirement, maxing out those contributions. And if you're over 50, hitting in, getting into the catch-up contributions that are allowable. That's another thing a lot of people don't realize is once you turn 50, you can put more into your 401k. That's right. And did you get a tax refund this year? Mm -hmm. And if you did, maybe you need to spruce up your W-4 and yep. maybe back down on what you're withholding, and then you can put that money towards your retirement. Oh, but I like tax refunds. I know Candace. you do. Yeah, you know, know that's what people say, right? Yeah, but, they do. But you're loaning the government money, right? When you when you're giving it more than they are entitled to. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm just going to tell you that if you have Candace come over to your house, you're going to have another fee in addition to her fee, and that's that dump truck fee that the, she's going <laughs> to call in yeah. to get all that mess out of your house. Yeah. I may have rented a dumpster earlier this year oh. and, and oh. filled that sucker up and may have to rent it again. Oh, wow. That's oh, wow. that's that's how bad. Now, most <clears throat> of that's out of sight, out of mind. It's in my basement. I mean, so on, here we have there. Clean Freak Pack Rat. <laughs> There you go. go. Well, you you want to learn a little bit about us personally, right? That's part of the reason people... I don't know if that's true or not, but you heard the bell. That means it's about time to get out of here and time for our final thoughts. So, Candice, we'll start with you. Yeah, just to kind of recap some of the things we talked about. uh, We talked about pruning your budget, um, tossing out your debt before retirement, uh, sweeping up savings. If you've got some old plans out there, maybe it's time to talk to an advisor and get those things cleaned up. And I mentioned a minute ago to maybe freshen up your W-4. You might free up some money to contribute to retirement. The best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. You've all heard that that old joke, but it is the, the same is true in working toward financial independence. You've got to have a process. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a partner to work with you along the way to guide you through the maze of all this noise that's going on both uh, about the markets and about personal finance. Everybody has an opinion about first personal finance, but the question is, what works for you? Obviously, sitting down with a financial advisor and getting that plan on paper, on purpose, works for a lot of our clients, and we'd like for it to work for you as well. I'd like to remind you, as we did earlier in the show, if you're concerned about the market turmoil in 2022, there's no better resource, we believe, than to subscribe to the Fastest 4 Minutes in Finance. And this is a great opportunity to do that because we sat down with Ryan Dietrich, and he talked about the six charts to keep focused on the long term that him he and his team at LPL Research produced. If you'd like to check out that Fastest 4 Extra and get signed up for future Fastest 4 delivery into your email inbox, just text the word FAST to 501-381-5228. Again, that number is 501-381-5228. Put that number in your contacts because there's lots of great resources available for free from GenWealth. But if you text the word FAST to that number, you can subscribe to the Fastest 4 and get those delivered to your email inbox weekly. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. It was a jam-packed show talking about market turmoil and spring cleaning your finances. Keep that long-term perspective and join us again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. 
If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.